let's get this fun party started. Let me pull up my questions before we get into our presenters. Give you guys a formal introduction instead of looking down. Welcome. Welcome to pain in the dot, dot, dot. Right, fill in the blank, whatever that means for you, wherever you have pain, we're gonna run a full gamut tonight. We've got some incredible speakers that you guys are gonna to get to hear from. We're gonna do this kind of Q&A style. So we've got a powerful men's panel and we're gonna dig into uh, the full range, mental, emo emotional, right? Let me back up. Mental, emotional, physical pain, the full spectrum. And you're gonna hear from some powerful men, their stories. Um, and we're gonna kind of leave this with some questions. So excited for this to happen and appreciate you guys being here and taking time out of your lives. If you are somebody that deals with pain regularly, um, our intention really for, for this and what we're putting on tonight is to increase the awareness around pain and to give you some healthy options some healthy ways to move through and past it so that this doesn't have to be something that plagues you on a regular basis. So that's the intention for tonight. Um, let me give you a quick backstory about real, about how you came to find this event, what real men is, like the 30 second version so that we can jump right into all the fun stuff. So real, obviously we spell it a little bit differently here. We changed the spelling and the definition. It stands for recommit every day you live. This is a movement specifically for men to move towards uh, a higher level of awareness, a choice on a daily basis to move into the highest version of yourself, which we call the real you. And it's a personal journey. It is a very personal journey, but we find that our chances for success increase dramatically when we have accountability, when we surround ourselves with brothers and like-minded people to help us do that. So that's what real is, that's what we stand for. You hear a little bit more about that at the end as we wrap, but however you got here, whatever your channel, invite, uh, text, Facebook, invite, whatever it was, just glad that you're here. I'm glad that you're spending some time with us. Let me give you a little bit of the housekeeping and what we're gonna run through um, and what you guys can expect. We're gonna cover about two to four questions with each speaker. If there's any questions that you have that are coming up, everybody is muted right now, right? We're in a webinar style. I would ask that you would type those in the chat. I'll check that out. And then we'll bring those up to the whole panel if they're for one specific person or just a general question that we wanna see whoever wants to grab at an answer. Uh, we'll bring those up at the end. So if you have something that speaks to you, throw that into the chat box or you see that little Q&A section, I'll check both um, just to make sure sometimes people put one in one place or the other. If you are joining us on Facebook, I'm doing my best to juggle what I can here. And I've got some questions on my phone and the computer rolling what we got. So Facebook, you're gonna enjoy. But if you have questions, we'll get to them after everything wrap, wraps up um, and circle back and make sure that those get addressed as well. As far as our speakers and the order of things, we're gonna go with Rob Wynn first, who's a life coach specifically for men. Um, powerful individual, I've known him for years. Second, we're going to hear from Mr. Todd Nielsen, um, who is the owner, founder of NTAC, and it is an amazing tactical firearms, home defense, self-defense uh, company, and a lot of the great things that he does. He's a 25-year retired veteran of the police force uh, out there in California, and he's done some pretty intense things. So I won't spoil his story. I'll let him tell you more on that. But last but not least, we'll finish up with Dr. Robert Snow, who's a doctor of physical therapy. I've also known all three of these gentlemen for years, and Robert is uh, no stranger to dealing with people that just complain on a regular basis about all the things related to pain. So we're excited to have a doctor on the panel and to dig into this discussion tonight. So short, short bio on the men that we have joining you this evening. And without any further ado, let's jump in. 
So Rob, if you were ready, unmute yourself, brother. Let's jump in and let's let's party. Let's have some fun and let's have some dialogue and Q and A um, on this. And I'm just gonna jump down and make sure everything looks good down here. Awesome. Yeah, I'm unmuted now and. Awesome. Are you able to go video too or no? Yeah, I'm trying to hit it. It just says uh, I need the host has stopped my video. So maybe you can turn that on. What? That sounds rude of me. Hold on. <laughs> Let's go. We figured that out now. Maybe I need to make you co-host. Will it let you? Yeah. Oh. Hey. All right. Good. We figured that out. Robert and Todd, you're about to be made co-host as well. So we don't have that hiccup again. Uh, awesome. What's up, brother? Look good. Good to see you. It's great. Great to be here. Thanks for being All here. Group. Thanks for being here. So why don't you give us just a quick intro, like the fun stuff, right? We'll let yeah, you know. Yeah. So I'm a dad of five. I'm a dentist. I'm an owners of a owner of a children's museum. And I'm a life coach for men. Awesome. And uh, I guess, John, can I just jump into my pain story? That's what we're here for, right? Yeah, I would love to love to hear from that. So what, what's your earliest experience recollection, right, with, with pain? Is it more emotional? Oh, my pain story started for me. I was a LDS missionary. Uh, I was living in Peru. And I had an evening one night where I apparently I ate, I, I just ate the wrong thing, which happened about every six weeks while I was in Peru. And uh, I spent the entire night uh, in the bathroom. I was throwing up and then getting off or, and then turning around and diarrhea on the other side. And I would just rotate. And I did that for like three or four hours just in the bathroom. It was awful, awful, awful. So, you know, Hey, this is real men. This is a, uh, some man stuff. I figured I could throw that story in there. Yeah, man. But the, uh, the pain part of that story is actually my story, which is, the depression that I began to experience while I was in Peru. And as I lay there that night, I had this, after a few hours of that, I was literally curled up on the floor of this third world country bathroom, grimy, smelly, gross, and just throwing up and feeling as sick as I could. And I remember having the thought that my mental brain was hurting worse than my physical body at that time. Wow. That that depression was heavier and sicker and harder on me than just that awful, awful night of a uh, sick body. And that was the really the first wake up call I had that, you know, my mental pain, my depression pain was more than than I that I needed to go start looking at that. Um, so this and, is more than just homesick, Rob. This is not just like, hey, I'm missing. Yeah, th this is multiple months in. This is just a shell of a person that I was. And, uh, and I just kept kind of partly dealing with that for another year. And as I sat down a year later from that evening, a whole nother year in Peru, I sat there with a bunch of pills on my desk. And I looked at all those pills and I had been feeling that emptiness, that shell that, that sits with you with depression, that, that hollow hell down there. And I looked at all those pills. I said, I would love to take all of these right now wow. and just feel whatever comes because I hadn't been feeling for such a long time that I thought that would be the best option. Wow. 
And so that suicidal thought that I had was another wake up call for me, another trigger point to kind of like say, let's, let's make some changes. Let's, let's do some things. So that's, that's my, the kind of those deepest, darkest pain moments that, that I'll, that I'm sharing with you. Yeah. <laughs> my, you, got right, you got right to it for just, us. So just we're just going to start it, right? <laughs> with that, man. You're amazing. So thank you but, for sharing. Um, it's not so easy. let me, John, I'll just get, I'll just finish my story with, with the rest of that is I spent 10 years through just cyclical depression over and over again and, and doing different things to try to cope with that and being on pain medications and uh, not pain, excuse me, antidepressant medications throughout that time. Um, and uh, coping in many different ways. And part of what I also talk on, which I'm not going to dive deep in here is that, but was it was a pornography use throughout that time to try to cope with uh, all that emotional pain, all that mental pain that I was going through. And um, I had this idea, I had this thought, and maybe, maybe you guys can relate to this a little bit, but I had the I'll be happy win syndrome going on in my life. So I was depressed, I was down, I was stuck, and I just thought, man, I'll be happy when, when I get married. And so got married, man, I'll be happy when I'm out of school, got out of school. I'll be happy when I get my professional degree done. I'll be happy when I have a house, when I have kids, when everything. And so I kept following that. I'll be happy when I kept putting it out, putting it out. And one day I woke up and I had everything that I had ever planned to make myself happy. I had a house, I had kids, I had a wife. I had a job that was paying me money. I had a church calling that was significant and, and was able to experience that. And I was the most miserable I had been in such a long time. I was back down into that hell, into that pit. And it was the best thing that I could have gotten to because the I'll be happy win, win syndrome just shattered. Nice. Right. And I realized a huge truth when it comes to emotional pain is that your circumstances, the outside circumstances can never make you happy on the inside. Amen. That that is an internal job and that that cannot be. Now, you might do something once it feels good. It distracts you. It makes you feel happy for a moment. And, you know, those are only short lived. Right. You know, those moments don't last. You got to go to the next one. You got to get to the next. So. You learn that truth that that circumstance, your outside circumstances do not make you happy on the inside. And that's not their job. That's not their role. That happiness is an internal job. It comes from inside of you. And so when I, when I talk about pain stories, you got two things there. You got your mental aspect. You got your emotional aspect to work on. And that's internal work. And even though it's things like thoughts and emotions, it is work. It is internal stuff to work on and to do. Yeah. Um, and John, this is why the real men movement, like I, I love it and I love its themes and its attachments. Like you got mental and emotional as part of that shield. Yeah. And when you start working on those two aspects, so much of the pain and the pain stories that so many of us have and so many of us share tonight can be amazingly worked through. And I say that worked through 
because that's how you do it. You don't ignore it. You don't run away from it. You don't try to shove it away. You don't try to put it off into the future, but you take responsibility for it. Realize that nothing outside is going to do it, but the internal stuff is what's going to do it. Powerful, powerful, powerful. So a couple of things I want to circle back to because you, you kicked us off in a great way. Um, okay, Yatza is not going to fix the inside. That that is beautiful. I'm glad you said that a few times. Hopefully, that resonates with people. And the hard thing I think about that, as you mentioned a few sentences later, our story. Um, my mind immediately goes to, well, this is what I've been right. Like, so this is what you were telling yourself for so long. So this was your story for so long. But you had this epiphany. It sounded like that was like, wait a minute. I'm not dead yet. Like I can still do something about this. My ending can look different than just maybe what the beginning and the middle is right now. is kind of looking like, like my future can look totally different. What helped you with that transition? You said everything shattered, but what helped you kind of make that switch? It is. And, and I do want to share that too, is when I was at the, the middle of my story, I believed that I would never get out of it. I believed it was the rest of my life. In fact, my goal was to die so that I could be happy then, right? My goal was to just move on from this life to get to the next one. I was kind of living like this dead life, right? Just this half living. What was it that got it for me? Man, I was just blessed that I got everything <laughs> at the end of the day that said I got what I could have gotten. And it wasn't making me happy. And so then I, I refocused. I found that going into the internal world of that, going and learning how to process emotions, yeah. not just shove them away or repress them or resist them, but getting to know your emotions, getting to know how you feel them, where you feel them, and managing your thoughts and recognizing what your thoughts and what that voice inside your head is saying to you during the day, your mindset, right, John? Awesome. 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 Um, Rob touches on a really powerful point. We mentioned it when we talk a little bit more about health, health, and maybe it'll come up with some of Todd's stuff, but in the top 10 for men, all races, age groups, everything, suicide is number eight for men. It's not even in the top 10 for women. So we can make the argument or kind of poke fun and say, well, women talk too much or whatever. It's keeping them alive, man. Like this old adage of like, shove it down, tough it out, kid, like just push through is it's not serving us. Like it's, it's not serving us. And Rob, I so, so appreciate you sharing your story here because this highlights that on a great level. It doesn't serve us. And you know, John, I'll just add, add that along to that thought is, um, you know, we weren't taught this by our culture. Right. We weren't taught this by our parents or their grandparents or their great grandparents, right? They, were, they came from a society and thinking of boys don't cry don't cry, don't throw any emotion, don't share any emotion. And we've now gotten to a point where our lives are busy enough, our lives are stressful enough that that's cracking, right? That's why those habits, those patterns are now why we have such a huge mental health challenge in our society right now, right? It's because we've, and, and it's nobody's fault. We've learned just by observing, that's how we learn, that's how we're supposed to learn. But our society has not taught us. We don't learn in school. How do you handle a bad day? How do you handle an emotional situation? How do you handle mental pain, mental stress? In a, in a healthy way, right? In a healthy way, right? There's ways to do it. There's ways to not do it. And um, 
I'll just give one, one quick example uh, and and then I'll, I'll stop chatting. I could chat forever. I love this stuff. That's why I'm here, right? Like, this is just amazing. Um, but a lot of your thoughts and your emotion and your mindset, I compare it to driving a car. So you're driving your car. You just get so used to how your car works. And I don't know if you've ever hopped into somebody else's car and driven it for the day. And then you come back and you're like, hey, John, did you know that your car pulls to the right a little bit? Or did you notice there was a little squeak in the back the whole day where you repainted it? And you're like, oh, I did. Like, I completely forgot about that. I used to have a front driver's seat that wiggled just a little bit. It drove me crazy for the first three months I drove that thing. And then I forgot it was there until like my brother-in-law inherited the car. I gave it to him. And he was like, wow, this seat drives me crazy. I was like, man, I forgot about that. So our mindsets and our emotion and the patterns and behaviors that we run we don't see them. We're just, our mind has said, this is just how you are. But guess what? Those things can change. Those things are fixable. Those things are improvable, but oftentimes we can't see them. Yep. Right. So that's why studying it. You know, that, that's why I'm a life coach is I try to help people just see it, you know, sit in their car for a day and say, look, do you see this pattern of behavior? See this pattern of thought, this pattern of emotion? That's what I think real men love. I like join, boom, want to be a part of this. Like, let's look at it. And these, you know, the mental, emotional, all these corners of the shield, the physical, it's just lets you get in somebody else's head for a second and realize, like, oh, I'm not thinking that way. Look, this guy's thinking that way. I like how he's thinking. I'm going to adopt how that guy's thinking. That's yep. serving him. So I love it. Thank you, man. And, and initially, too, the hope is that it's, you're not alone. Like, so you don't have to go through it alone. It doesn't mean you don't have to go through it, but you don't have to go through it alone. Like you, you went through a lot of stuff and you figured out a lot of stuff and you probably felt, I'm guessing, alone throughout a lot of that. If it wasn't right, the culture doesn't support it. And there's different things that it's not necessarily easy to find people to connect and talk with. So I love that you're doing this. I love what you're about and what you're doing for men. Um, it's powerful. And we're grateful to have Rob here as a mentor and real men um, just to have them part of this community. So thank you, Rob. That's amazing, amazing stuff. And thanks for kicking this off with such a vulnerable story.